0: Welcome to the Daily Office Lectionary, I'm Father Reed. This week, we're going to look at scriptures in proper 25, proper 25. Now you ask, how many propers are there? There are 29. When we get to the end, 29, that week is going to be Christ the King Sunday. The Sunday Lectionary will be Christ the King Sunday. They are not these scriptures, and then we'll start into Advent, which will Bring us into December, preparing for the coming of Jesus on Christmas Day. We're in proper 25. We're in the second half of the church season. And you'll notice the scriptures that are in this post, Old Testament, New Testament, and Gospel. The Gospels, obviously, are in the New Testament. Now, let's look at this: the scriptures that are listed in this post. We start on Sunday. We end on Saturday. And look at the first set. We have Haggai, Zechariah, Ezra, Nehemiah. Haggai is a prophet. Zechariah is a prophet, a minor prophet. There are 12 minor prophets. Ezra and Nehemiah are history books, and they are dealing with the history of Israel post-exilic. What does that mean? Remember that the people of Israel went into captivity the Northern Kingdom and the Southern Kingdom. Remember the Northern Kingdom had 10 tribes. The Southern Kingdom had two, Judah and Benjamin. In the Northern Kingdom, they went into captivity by the Assyrians in 721. The Southern Kingdom, the Babylonians in 587. Haggai and Zechariah are dealing with the Southern Kingdom's exile their return from exile, meaning they went back into Jerusalem to repair the walls and to present the word of God. The presentation of the word of God is Ezra. The repair of the walls was led by Nehemiah, hence Ezra and Nehemiah, and you have the two prophets. In the New Testament scripture, notice we are in the book of Revelation. Now, the book of Revelation gets a lot of folks excited. And we're going to be looking at chapters 1, 4, 5, 6, and 7. Then we'll continue our journey with Jesus in Matthew chapter 12, 13, which is about the parables, chapter 13. All right, let's go. Haggai chapter 1, 1, 1-1 through 2-9. In the second year of King Darius, on the first day of the sixth month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel, son of Shiatel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, son of Jehoshaphat, the high priest. This is what the Lord says. These people say the time is not yet come for the Lord's house to be built. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai, verse 4, chapter 1. It is it time, a time for you, yourselves, to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains a room? Verse 7. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build the house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored. The building of the house of the Lord. The building of the house of the Lord, the repair of the temple. Now remember the temple had been destroyed by the Babylonians. We saw that in 2 Kings 25, the history book, which recounts the destruction of Jerusalem, the raising of Jerusalem, burned it to the ground and the destruction of the temple. The people were sent into exile. Now the people have returned from exile, and they're going to repair the city walls around Jerusalem, which had been destroyed by the Babylonians, and they're going to repair the temple because this is where God resides. Okay? Then Haggai, verse 13, the Lord's messenger gave this message of the Lord to the people. I am with you, declares the Lord. Remember, no cell phones, no communication, no telephones, no telegraphs, no Morse code. This is the God speaking through individuals, the prophets. The prophets then speak to the people and to the kings and to the leaders, telling them the word of the Lord. So the Lord stood up the spirit of Zerubbabel and the spirit of Joshua and the spirit of the whole remnant of the people. The remnant were the people that God preserved to save so that they come back and repopulate the land. They came and began to work on the house of the Lord Almighty, their God, on the 24th day of the sixth month of the second year of King Darius. All right? So they begin, And let me read a couple of verses in chapter 2, please. Verse 6. This is what the Lord Almighty says. In a little while I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations will come, and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, declares the Lord. All the that you have, all the possessions that you have, all the monies that you have, it's all the Lord's ultimately. The glory of this present house will be glory uh, will be greater than the glory of the former house, former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place I will grant peace. So the, the spirit is speaking the word of the Lord to these wonderful people. It's Zechariah chapter 1. Haggai, Zechariah. Now, Zechariah is a very, very, very good book of the Bible. 1, 7 to 17, in the eighth month of the second year of Darius. Remember Darius, we just referred to him. The word of the Lord came to the prophet Zechariah, son of Berechiah, the son of Edo. The Lord was very angry with your forefathers. Therefore, tell the people, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Return to me, declares the Lord, and I will return to you. When they were taken into captivity, they were taken in captivity because they disobeyed the Lord, and the Lord enacted wrath and vengeance upon them and judgment, his judgment, because of their failure to repent and to leave God, they left him, they rebelled against him, they did not do what he said. So his word back to them, as it is true for us all these years later, is to return to God and I will return to you. Okay, return to the Lord. Enjoy reading Zechariah 1, 7 to 17. Let's look at Ezra chapter 5. Now, we're going back into the history books. We're almost finished with the history books, by the way. 1 Kings, 2 Kings, 1 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles. Now, we're in Ezra. We read Ezra last week, the beginning. Remember when Cyrus the Persian said that the people could be let go. Now, Haggai the prophet, there it is. Zechariah the prophet, there it is. The descendant of Edo prophesied to the Jews in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of God of Israel who was over them. Then Zerubbabel uh, set to work to rebuild the house of God in Jerusalem. There's the rebuild. And the prophets of God were with them, helping them. So now we have this wonderful coming together of the prophets, God Almighty, the people, the leaders. That's what you want to happen. You want the leadership to be submitted to God. You want God to be active. You want the prophets to be active. You want the people to come together. When you get all these forces to come together, God does great things, and we pray for great things. Chapter 6, of course, continue to read on. Chapter 6, 1 to 22, the decree of Darius. King Darius then issued an order, verse 1, and they searched in the archives stored in the treasury of Babylon. A scroll was found in the citadel of Echabantana in the province of Media, and this was written on it. So he sends a memorandum to them. Verse fourteen. So the elders of the Jews continued to build and prosper under the preaching of Haggai the prophet and Zechariah the descendant of Edo. So, they are. There are historical events that are happening. There are biblical events that are happening. The Lord has raised up Haggai and Zechariah. The people finished the building, building the temple according to the command of the God of Israel and the decrees of Cyrus. Remember, Cyrus the Persian, Darius, King Darius, and Ark. Arch- to Artaxerxes, Artaxerxes, kings of Persia. Now, remember, the Persians destroyed the Babylonians, and the Romans later are going to destroy the Persians. I'm sorry, the Greeks are going to destroy the Persians, and then the Romans are going to destroy the Greeks. So you've got Assyrians, Babylonians, Persians, Greeks, Alexander the Great, Romans, Okay? The temple was completed on the third day of the month of Adar in the sixth year of the reign of King Darius. Then the people of Israel, the priests, the Levites, and the rest of the exiles celebrated the dedication of the house of God with joy. Tremendous joy, completion. Fantastic news. Fantastic. Well, let's go to Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter one, our scripture on Thursday. Again, I'm just giving you bits and pieces of it. Read the entire text. Obviously, we're not listing every chapter uh, in Ezra or Nehemiah or Haggai or Zechariah. You may want to read some more if you're interested in the text. Nehemiah chapter 1, 1 through 11. The words of Nehemiah, son of Achalaiah. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept, verse 4. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. This is a very godly man. O Lord God of heaven, verse 5. The great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and obey his commands. Let your ear be atten- attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer your servant is praying before you day and night for your servants, the people of Israel. I confess the sins we Israelites, including myself and my father's house, have committed against you. We have acted very wickedly toward you. We have not obeyed the commands, decrees, and laws you have given your servant Moses. So we're going all the way back to Moses. Again, the problem is repentance. The problem with all of us is repentance. We must repent before the Lord, receive his forgiveness, turn, turn, remember I spoke about that earlier, turn and follow the Lord, okay? I confess the sins we Israelites, including myself and my father's house, have committed against you. He's confessing his personal sins and the sins for the entire community, which is very, very powerful. We've acted very wickedly toward you, verse 7. We have not obeyed the commands of the Lord, okay? Okay? And so he begins, he continues on. Enjoy those 11 verses. Fabulous. Nehemiah chapter 2, 1 through 20. Artaxerxes sends Nehemiah to Jerusalem. Okay, he's going to Jerusalem. Look and see what verse 4 says. The king said to me, what is it you want? Then I pray to the God of heaven and I answer the king. If it pleases the king, the king had absolute power. And, your serv- and if your servant has found favor in his sight, which Nehemiah did, let him send me, let him, the king, send me, Nehemiah, to the city in Judah, remember Jerusalem's in Judah, where my fathers are buried so I can rebuild it. Then the king, with the queen sitting beside him, asked me, how long will your journey take and when will you be back? It pleased the king to send me, so I set a time. Look at verse 8. And because the gracious hand of my God was upon me, the king granted my requests. Fabulous! We see the work of God. And so, Nehemiah inspects the Jerusalem's walls. Verse 17, you see the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins. Remember I told you it was destroyed. And its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. I mean, if the walls aren't there in these ancient cities, You got no chance against invaders and we will no longer be in disgrace. I also told them about the gracious hand of my God upon me and what the King had said to me, let us start rebuilding. They said, and then he says in 20, the God of heaven will give us success. All right. Now there's opposition to the building in Nehemiah chapter four. The people worked with all their heart at the end of verse six and In verse 20, our God will fight for us. So he got permission from the king, Persian king. He goes back to rebuild. He has opposition, as you'll see, read in chapter four. But the Lord fought for them and they prevailed. If you in your life have got a difficult situation, the Lord is with you, but you must repent and you must follow him, you must listen to him. If you are doing that, and I pray that you are, Let the Lord fight for you, let him go before you, let him bless you, okay? Let's go to Revelation, last book of the Bible. Revelation, the last book, 66 books in the Bible. The last one is the book of Revelation. Chapter one, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him, verse one, to show his servants must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John. So John the Apostle, the writer of the Gospel, and the writer of 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. And, uh, And those three letters, the Gospel, and now he writes the book of Revelation, the Apocalypse. That is the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Three, blessed is the one who reads the book of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it and take it to heart, what is written, because the time is near. John, to the seven churches in the province of Asia. So he's setting, he's going to write to seven churches. And what chapter one is about and two and three are the seven churches. Let me briefly count, uh, recount them to you. The church in Ephesus, Smyrna, Paragagum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. All right, those are not in the listing, as you'll see in this post, but you may want to read chapters 2 and 3. Chapter 1 is about the introduction to Jesus Christ and God Almighty and who God is, and it's a beautiful chapter. Read, enjoy chapter 1. If you want to read about the seven churches, read them in 2 and 3. Chapter 4 is a beautiful chapter about the greatness of God. After this, I looked, verse 1, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. The voice i heard first speaking to me like a trumpet. Come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. And then we see, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was, who is, and who is to come. Verse 8. Verse 11. You are worthy, O Lord our God. They're worshiping him. They're praising him. This is a beautiful chapter about that. To receive glory, honor, power. You created all things by your will they were created and have their being. God is our creator. Remember Genesis 1:1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. You are worthy. You created all things. By your will they were created. They have their being. We have been created in the image and likeness of God. Our value is is precious beyond silver and gold. Our value is fantastic, made in the image and likeness of God. You want to know this God in chapter 4, in chapter 5, same kind of thing. You see the lamb Of the tribe of Judah, remember the tribe of Judah in in the Old Testament, the root of David has triumphed. This is verse 5. Then I saw a lamb, verse 6 in chapter 5, looking as if it had been slain, standing in the center of the throne, encircled by four living creatures and the elders. So then we have this phenomenal uh, description of Jesus and the power of Jesus. Look at what it says in verse 9. They sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, because you were slain, Jesus died, and with your blood you purchased men for God and from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. And then we praise the Lord as we did in chapter 4 of Revelation. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. To him who sits upon the throne, verse 13, to be, and to the lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. So, and all the living, the four living creatures said, amen. And the elders fell down in worship. So four and five are fantastic ch- chapters in uh, Re- Revelation. If you have not read them before on worship and praise and the greatness of God, the greatness of Jesus, you see Jesus obviously glorified. You see the ascended Jesus in heaven and the magnificence of Jesus, This is only seen in Revelation. This is one of the reasons why Revelation is so fabulous. It shows the exalted Christ. It it shows him in all of his glory. Okay, Uh, chapter 6, the seals, the seven seals. Now, this is a little bit more difficult, and I um, I won't spend any time with it other than encouraging you to read it. Uh, you might have notes at the bottom of your Bible, study notes, or you might have a study Bible, or you may even have a commentary on the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation, there are parts of it that are very easy to understand and parts of it that are very difficult to understand. Okay, It is one of those kind of books. Four and five are very easy to understand. Six is not easy. Seven is a little bit easier, where we look at the, the um Remember, notice he has the tribes here listed in chapter 7, 5 through 8. And then the multitude in their white robes. Amen. Verse 12. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength to be to our God. We just heard that in chapter 5. Okay. And he says, the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. Have you heard that before? John chapter 8, the shepherd of the sheep. This is the Lamb, which is Jesus, the Lamb of God. Remember in John chapter 1, look, the Lamb of God that was coming into, that is coming into the world, uttered by uh, John the Baptist. And he will lead them to springs of living water. Remember Jesus talked about living water with the Samaritan woman in John chapter 4. Remember John's the one that wrote the gospel and wrote Revelation. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. You see that at the end of Revelation. At the end of Revelation, God wiping away every tear from our eyes. So when you put up 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, the book of the Gospel of John, and Revelation, you'll see lots of things happening there. It's, it's spectacular reading. Enjoy the book of Revelation. Next week, when we look at proper 26, we'll continue our study of Revelation. These opening chapters are fabulous. Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12. We continue in our journey with Jesus. 43 to 50 in this post on Monday, 43 to 50. Let's see what it says. Verse 46, while Jesus was still talking in the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside wanting to talk to him. Someone told him, your mother and your brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. He replied, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Well, there's the ones that are right there. No, no, no. Not the ones that are out there waiting to talk to him, pointing to the disciples. Here are my mother and my brothers. And then he says something very profound in chapter 12, verse 50. Whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my mother, is my brother, and my sister, and my mother. Whoever does the will of the father. So, one of the things that you need to know in your life is what is God's will for you? What is God calling you to do? In the great 13th chapter of Matthew, which is the rest of the week, Tuesday to Saturday, we have parables. Now, these are profound, simple, agrarian sayings of Jesus, mostly agrarian, not all, and there's a profundity to them and a very great power to them. The parable of the sower uh, is a classic, and then he tells us what it means in uh, verses 18 to 24, We've got four seeds, four soils, I should say. we got seed and four soils, okay? There's the seed sown along the path. Well, the devil gets that and steals it from you, okay? The seed is the word of God. The seed sown in rocky places is the person who hears the word and receives it with joy, but they have no root. It only lasts a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, the person quickly falls away. Then you have the seed that was sown with thorns. So on the path, hard path, Satan comes and takes it. No root, nothing. Rocky soil, does good for a while, but not long. Then the thorns, they hear the word, the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth, choke it, making it unfruitful. But what was, then we have the fourth soil, The good soil. So, the first soil didn't work, the second soil didn't work, the third one. Now, the second and third one did good for a while, but didn't last. What was sown on good soil is the person who hears the Word of God and understands it. What I'm hoping to share with you in these daily lectionary readings from week to week is the Word of God. We pray that all of us hear it and understand it. And then thirdly, we produce a crop, hundred, sixty, or thirty-fold 30 times what was sown. Now, not everybody produces the same crop. Not everybody produces the same quantity. That is not your concern. Your concern and my concern are to hear the word of God and do it, okay? What I said earlier, whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my mother and brother and sister. Those are the people that are are the closest to me. So we want to be planted in good soil, we want the seed to grow, and we want it to produce a harvest, okay? Beautiful, beautiful scripture there. The next one that we'll look at on Friday is the parable of the weeds. Well, we have some sowing a good seed, but everybody was sleeping. The enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat. Now, what do you want us to do? Where'd the weeds come from? Well, an enemy did this. Verse 28, the servant said, do you want us to go and pull them up? No. If you start pulling up the weeds, you may take the wheat. Why don't you bundle them all together and then... I'll tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned and gather the weed and bring it into my barn. Collect the weeds, tie them in bundles, and then burn them up. Okay, what you and I want to produce is wheat. But every now and again, you get weeds. You get sinful activities in your life. Okay, we want those things to go away. We want to accentuate the wheat. We want to accentuate the good. We want to get rid of the bad. Okay? God will take care of the wheat and the weeds. And then finally, 13, 31 to 35, the parable, the mustard seed, and the yeast. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast a woman took and mixed into a large amount of flour until it worked all through the dough. Okay? The, the word of God works through. The word of God will work through. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, verse 31, that a man took and planted in the field. Though it's the smallest, yet it grows. It's the largest and becomes a tree. So the birds of the air come and perch in its branches. The kingdom of God is there. It's active. It's moving. It starts off slowly, but it can grow into something very great. It's like yeast that a woman took. Not a whole lot, just a small amount. It works throughout all the dough. You want the kingdom of heaven to work all the way through you. You want good seed. You know, you might have some weeds in there every now and again, but God's going to separate the wheat from the chaff, That's the famous language, the wheat from the chaff. Well, Zechariah, Haggai, Ezra, Nehemiah, Revelation, the book of Matthew, lots to think about, lots to consider, lots of good learning. Pray listen, read, reflect, maybe even study. Hear what God is saying to you and enjoy your time of preparation for these scriptures and your learning. May the Lord bless you this week and give you a wonderful time of reflection and learning and prayer. We'll see you next time, Proper 26 for the Daily Office Lectionary. God bless you.